Hello and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are Eric and Sarah. Welcome back. We are recording this in our little studio, and now that we are no longer filming the podcast, at least for the time being, I can resume being super cozy while we record it, so I am lying on the floor <laughs> in my fuzzy blanket. Propped up with pillows uh, underneath a fuzzy blanket, living her best podcasting life. Uh, before we really get started, I just want to say a few things. Um First off, this episode is coming out on June 9th, right? Uh, 6-9. Nice. And it's episode 69. Double nice. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I, I realized it was episode 69, and I was like, oh, I'm going to make a nice joke about it. And then I realized it's coming out on 6-9. It's our golden episode. It is. <laughs> that's the sound of the golden episode. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood. Um, I think that's all... Oh, okay. All your housekeeping. There's one other thing. Uh, our podcast, so not counting the first run that we did in 20, starting in 2018, you know, the lost episodes that are no longer available on the internet. They're not lost. I have them on my hard drive. Um, not counting those, this run of the podcast, we hit 50,000 all-time listens. Awesome. Which, I mean, I know for a lot of podcasts, like huge podcasts, that's not that much, mm-hmm. but for us... It's super awesome. So thank you guys for listening for so long. And yeah. so consistently is really the thing about you guys. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. I have cauliflower bites <laughs> stuck in my teeth. I bought some of these. Uh, I, we went to Target this morning. Eric will tell you the whole story. To oh, do with I that. will. But I picked up these dehydrated cauliflower bites with vegan white cheddar seasoning. Doesn't sound that great, but it... I really love them. They're so good. They taste like Cool Ranch Doritos to me. They smell like a fart. (laughs) (laughs) In all honesty, they just smell like cauliflower. But they taste very good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we were snacking on those and they're stuck in my teeth and it was just poor timing. (laughs) Um, Okay. We basically, I have a list of just things I wanted to mention on the podcast Mm -hmm. this week. And we're just kind of, I'm just going to go through the list. And we're going to see where the conversations take us. Great. Does that sound good? Yeah. I'm going to control all my list and uh, enhance. Make it big. Make it a little bit larger. Okay. So I don't even know where to start. Oh, we should start with the baby bird update. Oh, okay. So they're gone. (laughs) And that's how I'll just, I'll be blunt. The birds have all fledged. They've all flown away, left the nest. We hear them cheeping a lot in the morning, Mm -hmm. like crazy cheeping, and a few times throughout the day, and we're pretty sure that's when Mama Bird comes and feeds them, and it's kind of just died down slowly but surely over the last few days, and then we went out this morning, and I walked up, and I saw a little baby bird head, and I stuck my phone up top, and I took a photo, and there's only one bird in there. One of five. One of five. So I guess the other four had left, and then we had the Target experience, I'll tell you about. <laughs> and we came back, and I looked again, and it was empty. Yeah. So all that's there now is an empty nest and a ton of bird poop. Yes. All over our wreath, all over our front door. <laughs> we'll figure out how to wash it. And then I was telling Eric, back when I lived in the Bay Area, I had baby birds in 
a nest in a plastic tree outside my door one year and then the following year they came back i don't know if it was the same bird but i'm thinking now that it's empty we might be able to move the wreath and the nest to the one other door we have we have like this little storage closet thing on our patio i'm wondering if we could put it there i wonder Probably, if, they'd, yeah. if they'd go back to the nest it's only like 20 feet away right so that might be nice. I'd like to have them back or another little family. Mm-hmm. Just preferably on a door we don't use nearly as often. Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, I was freaking out. I think I said this last week, but I thought for sure a baby ball, a baby bird was going to fall into our house. As we were opening the door. Yeah. yeah. But we've mostly been able to uh, avoid using that door pretty often. I mean, it's also insane how compact they can make themselves. Like sometimes you can, we could see their heads sticking up out, out of the nest, but sometimes I was like, are they even there? Are they gone already? Cause I couldn't see them. And then we stick our phone over them and take a picture and they're all five in there. Just really squished down. <laughs> very, very cute. I'm going to miss their tiny little heads. We also, and you'll know this if you follow Eric on Instagram, we were on, a, on one of our daily walks around the neighborhood and there's this little kind of stream i guess i don't know how you what you would call it but you know moving water and a creek a creek a creek and we saw this little um we saw a duck a female duck sitting like on, on one of the banks and i was i jokingly said one day like oh she's probably sitting on eggs and then a, a few days later, I guess. It might have been the next day. Yeah, we came and we saw tiny little ducklings underneath her, went on our walk, and when we came back, exactly as we came back, they had just made their way into the water. There were 18 little ducklings following this mama duck. But it was it was kind of weird, and we don't know exactly what was happening because we're not... Uh... Duckologists. Ornithologists, <laughs> right. Duckologists. Um, yeah, we're not ornithologists, so I wasn't really sure what the hell was happening. But there was a mama duck floating down the creek, and like Sarah said, 18 ducklings behind her. And then I think there was a male around, mm-hmm. and then there was a second female. Yeah. And there was a lot of like splashing and quacking and flying around happening. Yeah. Like it looked kind of aggressive. And I was, I, I'm wondering if all 18 ducklings could have possibly belonged to one family or if like half the ducklings were with the other mom, but they mm-hmm. were following the wrong mom because there's <laughs> no way she was sitting on 18 ducklings when we saw her. No, she wasn't. Absolutely not. Yeah. We'll have to look into that. It was crazy. Yeah. And then I think the next day or the day after we were on our walk again and we saw them again, like mm-hmm. floating down. Mm-hmm. I We just keep running into birds and baby birds and I just... It makes me so happy. It does. It makes me so happy. It's really nice. It's very wholesome. It gives me a lot of what is life due to feelings. Uh, as just anytime I think or uh, watch documentaries about nature, I feel like I get very, you know, like not negatively existential, but it makes me think a lot about, whoa, being a human and how, I don't know, being a, being a non-human animal is very challenging, but they don't have all the same thoughts that make that make them suffer you know i won't get into it but you know i think we know i definitely know what you're saying (laughs) any listener of the podcast probably knows what you're saying but yeah i think that's why i like it so much too because it's just this reminder of our human existence Mm. and how different it is and how evolved it is 
and I don't know, it, it, it just puts things into perspective. Oh, in a kind of similar vein, I was kind of scrolling around on TikTok last night and I came across a beekeeping TikTok page and I just knew that Eric would be fascinated because he likes, you know, animal factoids and such. So <laughs> I gave him the handle of this lady who's a beekeeper and I learned uh, a good deal about bees last night. And she does like a, a nice voiceover mm-hmm. with it. It's not just like the robotic TikTok voice. Right. Here is how you save the bees. Mm-hmm. It was like an actual. It was nice. It's cool. Yeah. I watched <laughs> way too many of those. Um, okay. Let's talk about this morning. We had this whole plan, right? We were going to wake up, have our iced coffee, and go for a walk, and come back. We're going to run to Target. I, I have like an annual eye doctor appointment. Um, and I usually go to Target. I don't know why I started doing that, but it just <laughs> seemed really easy to schedule it with Target instead of trying to find like a local eye doctor. I don't know. It was just Target. Whatever. So... I've been doing that for the last few years, so I had my annual appointment, and I just needed some contacts, but, you know, I've changed insurance like three times over the last few years, so it's always a struggle. It's always a struggle, and I was planning on going by myself, because last time I was there... Well, you weren't planning on going. You were, I was planning on going with you. Right. You were going to come with me, and then you were like, well, maybe I'll just stay home and get some work done, and I was like, okay, it usually something always goes wrong so that's probably a good idea and you can stay home and work and then last minute sarah was like actually i think i'll come with you and i'll i'll take some footage of vegan food at target for uh for some, some reels content. yeah, yeah. i was like okay but remember what happened last time you were walking around for like an hour and you had <laughs> nothing to do and we were we were upset sarah's like it's probably not gonna happen it, it'll be fine i'm like okay whatever so I go, and let me tell you, it was not fine. They couldn't find my insurance. They couldn't contact them. They didn't know what plan I had, this and that. So we were there for an hour and a half. Eric texted me 40 minutes in, and he had not yet seen the doctor because they could not locate his insurance. Yes. They finally got in contact with them and was like, oh, yes, you do have insurance, and it does pay for this and that and whatever. So we were there for a total of an hour and a half. It was very stressful. I was talking to the doctor. Somehow we got on the topic of like churches. Chicken? No, no, no. (laughs) Like uh, religious churches. And uh, she mentioned her and her husband had left the church, like their specific church. And I've heard stories of people leaving the church because they're like, you know what? I don't really disagree. I don't don't really agree with their politics anymore. Um, They're a little bit too conservative. And I'm like, okay, I'm and I inquired about what happened, and she was like, they're too liberal for me nowadays. And I was like, oh, huh? The church is too liberal. Okay. And we had a kind of conversation about that, and it really, really took me by surprise. I've never heard anyone say that before. Um, but Really? Yeah. Well. I mean, and by that, I mean, like, I've never seen anyone on Twitter or anyone mention that happening. Hmm. So we had an interesting conversation about that. Um, it was fascinating to hear her perspective. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. But we had a very stressful morning at Target. I was fine. I I spent like a full hour filming 
just every single vegan friendly product not like things that are accidentally vegan like obviously like apples are vegan and such (laughs) but you know things specifically marketed towards vegans and like I was I was literally doing that for an hour they have so much stuff and I'm just planning on editing those together and putting them uh, Instagram reels and TikTok because I feel like it's been fun having that as another outlet like a lower pressure way to make content i feel like youtube is so official yeah yeah i feel like the funny part about that for me was that i was so upset and annoyed at the situation partially because i thought you were gonna be like oh my god i can't believe we're still here in target i mean yeah i was annoyed but more at the idea of it being so inefficient and not about like actual inconvenience to myself right i was like i want to go home i'm sick of being here (laughs) so as we were leaving sarah was like can we stop somewhere else and i was like where do you want to go she was like can we stop at taco bell and get a burrito (laughs) and i was like sure just another just another thing that happened that'll listen this one was this one was precisely entirely my fault multiple times I feel like Eric's Eric's order has been botched. But how many times has it been? Due to miscommunication. My fault. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. This one was definitely my fault. Basically, Sarah and I each wanted a bean burrito with no cheese, and I wanted potatoes in mine, and Sarah did not want potatoes in in hers. So I said, two bean burritos, both with no cheese, and potatoes in one of them. And then he was like, all right, cool. Does everything look good on the screen? And I looked at it. And I it, was like, no. And my brain said, listening. yes. <laughs> and then I was driving to the window and I was like, oh, no, Sarah was right. <laughs> and then I had a lot of miscommunication speaking to this man face to face about what I wanted. And Sarah was like, you have to tell, you have to say separately. I want one burrito with no cheese and one burrito with no cheese and potatoes. <laughs> I was like, okay. So he refunded me for one because he thought I wanted three burritos, right? So he refunded me for one. I paid for two and we got four burritos. (laughs) Eric passes me the bag and I'm like, oh, this This is heavy. heavy. (laughs) And there's four. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So we ended up, thankfully, three of them did not have cheese. And only one of them did have cheese. Yeah. So um, not much will go to waste, but it was a weird, weird it just had just another weird thing that happened in this in this trip to the eye doctor. <laughs> Moving on. Sure. Okay. You're in charge of the uh, trajectory of this episode. Cause... There is no trajectory. Um, <laughs> the yesterday we went to Home Depot to get some pots and some soil. We've had scallions growing in. What were they even in? They were in a little Oatly container. I thought the peppers were in the oatly container. Oh, they were in a mu- in a mushroom container. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. save packaging from all of my foods and plant things in it. Yeah. And then I stop taking care of those things and then Eric starts taking care <laughs> of them. Um so those peppers you sprouted from peppers seeds like seeds from peppers we bought at the store, right? Yes. Okay. That's pretty sweet. Those were in an empty oatly container, but I, we needed to transfer them and I wanted to buy something else to plant so we went to home depot and i got we got some soil and some pots and a very mature just a weird word um cucumber plant 
like pickling cucumbers. You know, cucumbers. some people pronounce mature, mature. Mature. Like, I feel like teachers that I've had are like, mm. oh, very mature for your yeah, age. Yeah, pre- pretentious people. No, no, I'm just kidding. please. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, mature. I've heard people say that. You say some words like a teacher would say. Like what? Like you say um, process sometimes. Oh. You don't say it every time. I would say if I need to process something emotionally, I would say process. Mm. But if it's food, I usually will say, oh, this is processed. Why? I don't know why. It's just completely arbitrary, but in a consistent way. What about the <laughs> <laughs> consistently arbitrary? What about the uh, the Cuisinart? Cuisinart? The Cuisinart. Uh, food processor. Processor. Not processor. Now that, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know. Well, there's some words like that for me, like uh, caramel or caramel. Yeah. If yeah you, I, everyone just goes back and forth. With if those. you showed me a caramel apple, I'd say it's a caramel apple. But sometimes Sarah says the word caramel. And then when I say it right after, I say caramel. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like weirdly kind of embarrassed for saying it differently. Yeah. Anyway, what was I talking? I was talking about soil. We replanted the plants. It was just very sad. We transferred them. And now we now they're all in the sunshine and I can water them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a nice little just a nice little thing I wanted to throw in there. All right. <laughs> what a rant. <laughs> this is this is going to be now that we have now that we're doing it weekly again. We're, it's just going to be like a random retelling of things right. that had happened. Well, the fact that you have a list actually has caused us to not mention the perhaps most important thing which has happened over the past week which is that we completed a song right wait we completed one and a half songs let's say we completed 1.75 songs 1.75 yeah so we completed your song that you wrote mm-hmm. vocals and everything yeah, and the then we completed the instrumental p- portion for one of my songs so it just needs vocals well what about the other one of your songs the one we did first that what one's you, not done, is it? I don't know. I guess if we don't know, that means it's not done, it's right? It's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's been, that's really cool. The most progress but, we've made on anything original. Yeah. Unheard of. <laughs> what kind of happens, I mean, if you're not on like a tight deadline, you know, like these are our first songs, so we can kind of take literally however long we want mm. to make sure everything's perfect and how we want it to sound. So if you're not on a deadline, you can kind of just you can kind of just export different mixes of the song and like listen to it and then go back and change some stuff. Oh, the vocals aren't loud enough. Uh, this one drum hit sounds weird. Let me edit it. You can kind of just keep doing that forever. Yes. And that's what I was doing. I was just I was going into the project on my computer and like listening to it and futzing with it. And I say this sounds pretty good, and then I'd export it as a an audio file, and I'd listen to it for the next day, and I'd be like, "No, this is wrong, and this is wrong." So it's like take seven, you know. I mean, personally, I think that you should not listen to it for a month before you go a back to month? it. Yes, it's a completed. Month? It's done. I think you should not listen to it for a month. Come back to it with completely fresh ears, so that you mm-hmm. can have a more objective uh, view of it. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to it every few days, and every time I still think it sounds perfect. Well, great. Which is good. And I've sent it to a few people, and they say it, they tell me, they tells me it sounds very good. Good. So that's nice. But it was kind of one of those things where 
I exported it over and over again. And then at some point I was like, oh, there's actually nothing left to change. Right. And that's the version I've been listening to. And I'm very, very proud of it. Good. And I'm proud of the two other songs that are close to being completed. Mm-hmm. So like Sarah said, we have vocals left to do for the other two, which feels like half the process. I think it will be less than half the process because I think that I can work pretty efficiently alone. And we decided that. In, so for the first song that is already finished, Eric wrote that one. It's actually kind of like a remake, a reworking of a song he's already recorded. It's way better. So when I was tracking vocals for that, Eric was doing all the engineering. And I was just in the room with him saying, uh, okay, stop, start for me. I don't like that take, delete that, etc." And for my songs, I think what we're going to try doing is just having me track vocals in the closet, (laughs) in our walk-in closet, which is not really a walk-in. I mean, you can walk in, but then you can walk in and turn around and that's about it. So it's It's not a walk-around closet. Yeah, it's not Jeffree Star's closet. No, it's not. (laughs) So I think I'm going to go in there because it's very sound dampening in there. And we also have extremely loud air conditioner units outside of our condo yeah let me just uh negativity box this real quick it's so loud yeah it's so loud so the reason we can do the podcast in this room right now is because the mics we use for the podcast are very directional is the term basically unless the sound is going straight directly into the microphone from it's, one direction. Yeah, it's not going to pick it up. So these mics are super close to our face, faces. Uh, we don't have one face. Collective face. <laughs> but the microphone we usually use for recording vocals is extremely sensitive. So if we're recording vocals and our neighbor like steps heavily upstairs, you'll hear like in in <laughs> in the vocal track. Um, so now that it's getting super hot outside and it's turning to summer here. We have two of our neighbors have their air, condition, air conditioning units um, outside of our music room. And then ours and our, one of our other neighbors' air conditioners are right outside of our bedroom. So we, don't, we can't really use the highly sensitive mic in either room because there's just like... So, all the time. Yeah, so when we were recording vocals for our first song, we actually dragged the microphone out into the hallway... And then our refrigerator started being really loud. (laughs) So we unplugged our refrigerator for the duration of our recording. You don't notice how loud like just appliances Appliances. are until you need a dead quiet room to record something. Yeah. So I kind of said to Sarah, we have a lot of recording equipment, but when you have a home studio, a lot of it's like pretty small and mobile. Even the stuff you need to plug into the wall, you can kind of just like move it and put it somewhere else and plug it in yeah so we're gonna do that and we're gonna cloister myself put sarah in the closet but it it is like acoustically the best place to record vocals yeah because it's extremely sound dampening like you said Mm -hmm. and it's the quietest room so that'll be fun but I, i think it'll be good because you know like with the song you were talking about before my song that was that song and any other song that we rework of mine and there are a few there are a few more songs that I've written that were like, oh, we might rework those. But just for those songs, it's kind of like, okay, well, Eric, how do you want this to go? But with Sarah's music, it's it's all it's all you. I'm such a perfectionist, too, with vocals. 
Yeah. So I just didn't want to have Eric be like the in-between and, you know, we'd be there for hours and hours where I, where I could just be as much of a perfectionist as I want to on my own and not worry about wasting someone else's time. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go back in and, you know, edit them together. Well, it's weird because, you know, from for the song I wrote, you, I was giving you feedback, like for all the reasons I just said, but... With your music, it's like you don't really need my feedback on how you sound because either way, you're making the decision. Even if I give you feedback and say, that sounded great. If you didn't like the take, (laughs) you would still re-record it. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, let's just, you just do your own thing. I'll go into the living room and I'll do whatever. Watch sports. Yeah, whatever. I guess I'll watch sports. If I have to. If I have to watch sports and drink a hard Topo Chico, (laughs) whatever, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, that'll be a that'll be a new experience. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And sure now, great. now that we're kind of wrapping up or planning to wrap up a few projects, we have to kind of shift our focus to all of the marketing stuff and uh, to maybe creating some videos. Just you know, all of that other stuff that we're kind of personally less interested in mm-hmm. than the actual making of music. But yeah. it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just tough when you're when you're starting out, you know. You don't unless you're starting out from a place of great privilege, like Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, like a like a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we don't we don't have just a ton of extra cash laying around to pay someone to do all this marketing. Publicize for us. me. Yeah, we don't have a publicist. Yeah. So you can you have to figure it out yourself. Wish I did, because then yeah. I could just hole up and. Uh make stuff if anyone's a a publicity marketing expert who wants to uh help us out let me know that would be (laughs) sweet but we're just i'm i'm so excited for you guys to hear the songs which is what i keep saying but i'm very very proud of them so far Mm. so that is very very cool okay do you want to talk about i wrote something down that you might not even remember at the gym no the other thing what it's a it's it came up when we were watching survivor the other night i don't you remember, remember. that oh that guy yeah um yeah well first off okay before we go into either of those things can you just search your brain for a moment to see if there's anything important that maybe we are overlooking just like just good stuff regular in- important stuff um i don't think so mm-hmm Oh wait, I gotta I gotta write something totally stupid and silly down, but I, I want to bring it up because it was um, very very funny. Yeah, but no, I don't think there's. I think just the music stuff. I mean, if you want to talk about the fitness thing, the fitness journey, the fitness thing. Uh, my only thing. F- well, first off, we've been very consistent. I'm very happy. I feel more like myself when I'm doing it regularly, doing fitness regularly. <laughs> yeah, and um, I squatted a plate again. Which is 135 pounds. Yes. For y'all unfamiliar. And I, like a month ago, I only squatted like 95. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's. I'm pleased. And if you don't know anything about weightlifting, that's a lot for Sarah, who is a very small person. Yes. It's a lot of weight. (laughs) So good job, baby. Yeah. But no, I don't think there's anything very, very important. So let's talk about the Survivor thing. We were watching an episode of Survivor. 
and there was this guy in probably his 50s, overweight guy, overweight dad type, and he had some heat exhaustion. And, and dehydration. Yeah, and he kind of like passed out on the beach, and, and they brought the medical team in, and they gave him- He was him- having trouble breathing, and his chest hurt, and his hands were numb, and he was like, am I having a heart attack? You know? Yeah. So what caught Sarah's attention- was that he was saying to the medics, he was like, I'm scared. I'm so scared. I'm so scared right now. And he's like, you know, like... Uh, he was like the alpha male, the self-identified alpha male of the tribe. He was always talking about like how his generation had such a great work ethic and, you know, he was like the dude. Picture, you know, those guys who were like not old, old, but kind of old and ride motorcycles. <laughs> he looked like that. Tattoos, mustache. Did he have long hair? Like in a bun? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was like one of those guys. So he was like one of those badass, like manly men. But he was saying to the medics, like, guys, I'm so scared. Am I going to die? And well, I mean, why don't you, after you open your Dr. Pepper, <laughs> why don't you tell them what it made you think about? I mean, this is just like a, this is not really going anywhere. It was just like one of those what is life dude moments we had. And I was just thinking about how how interesting it was that this guy who who prided himself on being tough uh, was like so emotional in this situation and felt the need to say like, I'm scared. And how so often just admitting to having a certain emotion kind of helped. It doesn't make it go go away. But it kind of loops someone else in to your experience and makes you feel less alone and makes it feel like maybe, you know, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we can all relate to that. Just how expressing yourself in a moment makes you, I don't know why it makes you feel better, but it's just, yeah, this guy was just like, guys, I'm scared. And in his brain, it, like you said, it didn't resolve the entire issue, obviously, but it made him emotionally feel a little bit more stable mm-hmm. just by saying it out loud. Right. It's it's just one of those things that our, our brains do to make, make themselves feel better. <laughs> yeah. It's weird talking about our brains because it's coming from our brains and we can talk about them. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. Uh, and then... Later in the episode, they went to a challenge, and he was just a beast. He was, like, swimming and jumping around and climbing over things, and he was like, I feel great. And Sarah was like, they must have pumped him full of electrolytes or something, because (laughs) if if you're not familiar with Survivor, they really are surviving out there. They have very limited food and water, and they're very hot and exposed to the elements. So presumably this guy, when he was being looked at by the medical team, presumably they gave him, like, Gatorade. One hopes. I mean, I, I hope they weren't just like, oh, you're fine. Bye. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They splashed some water on his face. <laughs> so he was like uh, basically taking performance enhancing drugs just by getting some Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so that was an that was an interesting thing. Is there anything else you want to say about that? No, I don't think so. What a disjoint. It's not even disjointed. It's just very random. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Are you having fun? I'm having fun. Uh, riveting. What'd you say? Riveting. Uh, okay, something I want to talk about. While we were at the gym, I I was wrapping up using a piece of equipment. And then this guy who was probably a few years younger than me came up. He was like, hey, you done with this? And I was like, yeah, let me just wipe it off for you. 
and he was wearing a Dear Evan Hansen shirt, which is a Broadway musical that has been on for a number of years. I've never seen it. I'm pretty unfamiliar with it, but my family in New York loves it. But I just, it just took me by surprise because I've never seen anyone wearing like a, like Broadway merch at the gym. And I told him, I was like, oh, I like your shirt. And he's like, oh yeah, I saw it in Chicago and I really loved it. So I bought the shirt. I'm like, yeah, it's just cool. Cause you never really see guys in the gym. Like, Hey, I like Broadway. And I'm like, and I just think that's cool. Just because stereotypically Broadway is like not a manly thing and it's associated with being gay, which I, when you're younger, people like make fun fun of of you you for. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously now there are a lot more people who don't care about that and don't think about that. Right. But still the fact that he was just like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to wear the shirt. I love the show in a place where men tend to be trying so hard to be macho Mm -hmm. all the time right like all the guys in the gym are grunting and they're like wearing you know like those cut off shirts where it's like barely a shirt and like their nipples are out and they're just like i'm a man so this guy was like yeah i'm just gonna wear this broadway shirt like presumably saying like i don't care what you think of me i don't care if you think broadway's gay whatever i'm gonna i like this i like the shirt i like the show i'm gonna wear it and i told him that and he was like Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I just really love this shirt. And I was like, I'm going to wear it to the gym. And I was like, I respect that. And it was just, that was it. That was the whole interaction. It just made me very happy. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, I wanted you to (laughs) say more about it. I don't have anything else to say. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I I agree with you. Hopefully I'll see him again and I'll give him a high five or something. Yeah. Seemed like a good kid. Oh my god! I don't notice any anyone else in the gym usually, unless they're wearing gym shark and screaming when they're performing every single rep. Why do people do that? <laughs> like it's constant in the gym. There's always yeah. a man grunting for everyone to hear, mm. and it's like, do you really need that much attention? Yeah, I would like to know what's going on. I mean, I I don't think there's anything wrong with like a like a normal volume grunt of exertion but the screaming is just a little unsettling i have to say it's a little much (laughs) and i don't know i mean i feel embarrassed at the gym when i accidentally let out like a (laughs) no (laughs) i do not sound like that thank you so you think i you have your headphones in (laughs) i do think Yes, maybe I do sound like that, like a um, ah. like a small mammal um, <laughs> injuring itself. <laughs> no, um, but I feel embarrassed when I let out the like the smallest of grunts, just because I'm like, oh god, that's cringy. And then you have people, then you have people just screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah. And then I look at them, and they look like they would be someone who would scream at the gym at yeah. the top of their lungs. But like I said this to Sarah, and Sarah's like, don't do that. Don't be like that. But I look at these guys from across the gym, just hoping to make eye contact. I just want one of them to say, what are you looking at, bro? They're going to pound you. Just so I can say, oh, well, if someone's screaming in the gym, I'm going to look at what's going on. Please don't do that. Because <laughs> then they'll associate me with you. And then they'll be mean to me. And, and then I'll have to pretend I don't know you at the gym. Just like you pretend to not be able to hear or see any other man at the gym. Because it's hard enough to go to the gym as a, <laughs> as a small woman or a woman in general. Of any size, Yeah, I but would just say. I said small because you are a small woman. 
Indeed. Yeah, what a frustrating <laughs> experience. Um, that's really all I got. I wrote down, I'm, I started reading a new book oh. called Between Two Kingdoms, which is about a woman who had leukemia when she was 22, and she lived to tell the tale. So as a cancer survivor myself, I'm listening to it to just kind of see what see what comes up, see what it makes me think about, and I'm enjoying it so far. But I'll keep you guys updated on how it affects my emotional well-being. Has it yet? It really hasn't, and it borderline worries me. Like it, it, it's like almost worrisome that I hear her experience with things that I experienced, and I just feel like other people would be like crying every 15 minutes of the book with like oh my god i remember how hard that was and i'm just like yep that sucked it sucked for her and it sucked for me but it's not making me emotional why i just don't know why that has to bother you though yeah i don't know i'm feeling this um like i feel like i should be emotional but why i don't know i guess i don't have to be like you're saying but it just makes me seem or makes me feel like I'm, I, I don't know. I, I literally don't know the words to explain why I feel like I need to be emotional reading this. I feel like if you're not emotional about something and you can talk about it freely, it means that you've processed, <laughs> processed it <laughs> already, right? Yeah. And I mean, things like kind of bubble up sometimes, obviously, because I don't know if you ever fully process something, but... So the other day we were on our little two-mile walk around the neighborhood and I started listening to an episode of the Song Exploder podcast, which is just a podcast where they spotlight a specific song. They have the artist and maybe some of the producers involved just kind of explain the making of the song and they have all the assets for the song so they can solo out different pieces and you can hear all this detail and like the story behind it. And I was listening to the episode about the song Serotonin by Girl in Red And she was talking, well, if you've heard the song, it's about mental illness. And I guess when she was writing it, she was at kind of an all-time low over quarantine, had moved back in with her mom because she was very mentally ill. was having a lot of like OCD, like health uh, obsessions. And yeah, just like a super, super low time. And then she had been writing the song. And over the course of several months, she said she got to a point where she was doing a bit better. I guess she adopted a dog, which helped her. And she was able to kind of like, I don't know, the song is very kind of like fun and even sounds a little bit like euphoric, even though it's talking about a dark subject. And there's like this hip hop part where she's kind of rapping. And she was saying that like just having processed all of that dark stuff a little bit allowed her to have to like approach it with more levity she was like it it feels kind of weird to say that i was like rapping about my mental illness but like you just get to that point right where you can kind of laugh at things yeah yeah i feel like well personally i've always been able to laugh even when it was happening i was laughing about the fact that i had cancer which seems like what why would you that's not funny um but i it was definitely just a coping thing and like uh yeah just bringing like you said levity to the situation being like oh it's okay like it's all gonna be fine ha 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 but i think now in retrospect 
I feel like I'm just over it. Like, I feel like it happened and it was bad and it was a long, but it was a long time ago now. And it's just kind of like in the past and I've moved on. I feel like that's fine though. Right. And I, and the thing I'm struggling with is the part of me saying it's not fine. You have to care more, process more, go to therapy, do something about it. And I'm like, but it's not really affecting me. You know, so the reason I started reading this book is because a friend of mine who had also had cancer in her life, she started reading it and she was posting on Instagram about it. She's like, oh my God, this fucking book, it's like blowing my mind because it's making me feel so many things. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to read it. And I do love it so far, but I'm not loving it because it's making, it's not blowing my mind and like I'm making these connections with it and it's making me feel stuff. Um which is kind of what I expected to happen, but I'm only like a third of the way through. So who knows what's going to happen, but maybe mm-hmm. I just have kind of processed it more than well, I give myself credit for. It's been like a decade, you know? It has. Yeah. And it was like a fairly short period of your life. And I would imagine like, I mean, obviously I haven't gone through this, but like I would imagine like going through a breakup of a relationship that's like a couple of years long probably felt more like you were going to die than, you know, like thinking about this. I And speaking of thinking you're going to die, I think that's a huge part of the equation too, because the woman in the book, you know, she's getting a stem cell transplant and the doctors gave her a 35% chance of living. The doctors gave me a 25% chance of not living so it was totally, it was the totally inverse, right? right? I had a 75% chance of being totally fine, which is in the cancer world, the best odds you could, you could possibly have. Right. So the cancer I had, they were like, yeah, this is not really a big, it's going to suck for a few months, but it's honestly not really a big deal. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And I think that's why it's like, yeah, it was traumatic, but it wasn't anything like that. You know, she's talking about passing out and having a 105 degree fever and like, passing just like basically dying in the hospital and they have to like bring her back to life and i'm Mm. like i didn't really have any of that i just kind of like felt bad for a while and then that's it's been fine ever since and i think that might contribute to it right you know yeah um kind of in a similar note and back to survivor one of the contestants in the season we're watching was talking about how while the season was being filmed his mom had stage four lung cancer, I believe, and it was getting really bad. And he had a little bit of a breakdown or a lot of it, a lot of bit of a breakdown during one of his confessionals. Um, and I guess then we found out that she passed away like two days or so after they wrapped up filming this, the season. And I don't know. It was just, I feel like I'm kind of at that point too, like having lost my dad to the same kind of cancer really. Um, I've just, I've, I don't know. I just feel like I have processed it a lot and it doesn't really make me that sad anymore. I mean, sometimes it makes me scared for my own life and for the lives of people that I love who are still alive. That, that definitely freaks me out. But I don't, I don't know. When I hear people talk about losing someone, it doesn't really affect me as deeply as i guess it would have because i've lived through it i guess it's just interesting because like sometimes not that like you never fully stop grieving someone who passes away 
but it's almost like when it happens to you and then you have some time to grieve and it's in your past and you've integrated some of it you realize like that you're still alive and you're still fine like you're still just handling life and we all figure out a way to do that you know yeah and i've noticed the book is making me emotional in different ways you know usually when we go on our walks and like we've been talking about we've been walking this two mile loop um, on a daily basis and we usually are both listening to stuff in, in our headphones and so i've been listening to the book and today she was just talking about getting prepared for the stem cell transplant and really for the first time like facing the odds of like okay well now you're going to do this thing and the odds are right in front of you you're the chance of you living is not great and i was just kept looking at sarah when we were walking and she kept like making eye contact she's like waving to me like hi why are you staring at me we're, <laughs> we're walking on the side of the road and i just felt like this deep appreciation for being alive with you mm. and she also mentioned something that we've talked about before she she was 23 at this point and she's like i don't want to die because i haven't done anything yet she's like i've spent my entire life preparing for a life mm-hmm. you know like you go to school you go to college you get an internship you do all these things to like set yourself up for okay now it's time to start life i've did all i've done all the i've done two decades of prep work mm-hmm. to be prepared and now i can do life and she's like okay well now i might fucking die before i can do life and she's like what do i have what do i even have to show for it yeah. i haven't done anything yet i've just prepared and we've had this conversation of like we don't when when we both die we want to be able to say okay well i'm gonna die but look at all look at what i did here's all this stuff and we we've talked about making sure that whatever that is we're proud of and we can die being like you know what look at it look at what i did i'm proud of that namely Pe- art like yeah, not art. sarah's being kitchen right not that i'm not proud of that but it's like that's not my main thing i'd like to leave right and for me it's like yeah i've i've put out a ton of music but i kind of just like like all of it so i'm like yeah i'm not exactly like if i died today i wouldn't be like well at least i made that shitty album when i moved to colorado colorado that Mm -hmm. like i honestly don't really like that much like i'm not like i'm it's cool that i made it but i'm not excessively proud of it so it just been kind of making me think like now that we're working on these songs and I always say to you, this is the best, this is the best thing I've ever made. All of these songs could qualify as the best art I've ever made. And it's just something about our personal connection and musical connection and your songwriting ability and my, whatever. It's just, I love it and I'm so proud of it. So it really just made me think, when this stuff comes out, it's the first art I'm making that makes me feel, all right, this is the beginning of the legacy I want to leave behind. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, just back to the what she's talking about in the book, it's like life is now. Life is happening in every moment. And I mean, you just hear too many stories of people who just thought that they would have fun and pursue their dreams or 
you know, take a vacation after they retired and then some health scare happens or they lose their partner and then it can't be like that. So you may as well. And also, like, you're not bringing anything with you when you die, everyone says. So just enjoy, find ways to enjoy what you have now. And I don't know, you know, don't wait. Yeah. Well, I think that's as good of a stopping point as any. I'm going to, when we're done recording, I'm going to record a little a little thing for the beginning of the episode to say, this is a pretty like wacky conversation for the first half, but I promise we get into, we get into like a solid, steady conversation towards the end. So just stick with it. Is that necessary? No. Okay. You, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I won't then. You um, can. It's, it's up to you. Is there anything else you want to mention or talk about? Goals for the week? Goals for the week. Um, I have... Oh, my God. You're, we're going to see both of your parents. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have another... You have another doctor's appointment this week? No. It's Is at that... The, I have my oncology... Ironically enough... not iron, It's not ironic. Coincidentally enough, <laughs> I have an oncology checkup at the end of the month. Mm. So it's in a few weeks. But yeah, it's my mom's birthday tomorrow. So we're going to be meeting her for a lunch. And then my dad's coming to town, which I mentioned last week, um, at the end of this week. So that'll be cool. We get to see both of Eric's parents. So Indeed. That's fun. Yeah. I have a few lessons I'm teaching this week. Um, yeah. And we got just as we've just been working on music in like all the spare time. Yeah. It's been great. Listen, I've been trying so hard to establish some regularity with my job job, my Sarah's Vegan Kitchen thing, and I just always find myself putting it off in favor of working on music, which is like a good place to be. Isn't it funny that like you just you choose the meaning that something takes on as in like if five years from now I'm a musician for a living and I jokingly say like, oh, yeah, I used to have so much work to do and I would just not do it because I uh, would work on music instead because I loved it. Kind of in the same way that I like now I say back in college, I would skip class to bake bread. And it's like it feeds into my online food person like story mythology, if you right. will. The lore like, behind it. But like if we gave up on music and I became a terrible failure, and I, you know, whatever. Like, then it's like, it's not good. It's not funny. As in, like, yeah. right now, I'm telling myself that I'm a bad person, or I'm, like, not doing the right thing because I'm procrastinating. Mm. But in five years, it could just be another quirky thing, you know? Yeah. And that's why <laughs> I love, like, thinking about things that could be a fun, quirky, like, little story. And part of that is like we talked about earlier recording vocals in the closet like wouldn't it just be great like five years from now to be like yeah we you know we lived in this apartment in colorado and like it was just loud and the only place we could record sarah's vocals were in the walk-in closet and like ah oh, ha, 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 isn't that cute remember when we were when we were starting out as musicians right it's like now we just go to the studio <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god we just become really snooty yeah oh can i say one last thing related to music about phineas and claudia no oh, okay. that's not about music either <laughs> okay that's about anyway you can tell that too all right 
Listen, I've talked about about Cami Petten, a uh, former vegan YouTuber. I mean, still vegan, I believe, still a YouTuber, but now still a vegan and a YouTuber, <laughs> but not known for that anymore. She pivoted to make music, and basically, like in her early twenties, I guess she's still in her early twenties. I'm not sure how exactly how old she is, but basically, from having no musical background, she decided music is my passion, and she just dove into it, got a bunch of lessons. Uh, studied music theory a bunch while living alone um worked with a producer and has a couple singles and music videos like actually like professionally produced music videos anyway she posted um like a, a story an instagram story today and she was playing the beginning of tiny dancer you know how it goes right da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and she like is playing piano and i feel like she i don't know the exact timeline but there was a point in the past few years where she had no familiarity with piano and she bought a a piano and now she can play it and it's like oh my god she's surpassed what i can do on the piano because i don't practice (laughs) and it kind of caused me to have a little bit of a existential crisis like a mini one like i'm fine i'm fine you guys she's (laughs) fine stop asking uh twitches violently um but i'm like shit i should really be like if i'm gonna procrastinate not doing like sarah's vegan kitchen stuff it better be doing music you know it better be getting better at singing and playing piano and understanding music theory you know like i really i need to cut out some other distractions i believe so it kind of lit a fire under my ass, which I think, like, I, I just find her, Cammy's existence in the world time and time again does that for me. It just reminds me, like, I'm obviously the whole conversation about privilege is a thing. But, like, if you want something bad enough, you can just devote yourself to it and get yourself so far. And I really have no excuses, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean, and obviously your feelings are as valid as you feel them, (laughs) you know? But just what it made me think is, like, yes, you haven't been practicing piano that often, but it hasn't really played a role in, like, your musicianship as it plays into our music together sure does that any of that even make sense right but who knows that if if i had more skill if it could play into it you know right right that's true and that's why i said if you feel like that then obviously it's totally valid Um, but i see you doing other important musical things like writing and we've been recording music every single day but there's also like a good deal of things that i don't need to be spending my time doing i think that i could be and it's not so much about like my level of skill it's not it's not like the ego thing it's more like when you spend time doing something like the thing if you write a list of all the things you do every single day that list tells you who you are like how you identify and what's important to you and i feel like i it's not ever going to be a bad thing to immerse myself more deeply into this identity as a musician right yeah you know yeah no you're totally right um just a little self-accountability thing that i want to put out there because i hope that like putting these things out there kind of 
helps me speak them into existence. You know? Yeah, and it helps other people take count of what's going on in their lives. Yes. Right? Even mine. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. Are we wrapping up then? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We will talk to you again next week. Um, no more baby bird updates, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I will send it over to our supporter shout out. Hi, guys. We're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters. These are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit anchor.fm slash whatislifedude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga, Morgan, Jennifer, Scotty, Glenn, Kevin, Jessica, Marie, Nina, Izzy, Reem, Alexis, Annalise, Nadia, Merv, Teresa, Kelsey, Ellis, Anna, Megan, Samantha, Dylan, and Sarah. Thanks.